Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Transplant's Take on Sport. My name is Lewis Daniels and today I'm joined by liver transplant recipient, tennis player and Transplant Team GB sprinter, Andrew Weller. We discuss Andrew's emergency liver transplant and scary experience afterwards, as well as the impact transplant and long-term illness can have on your family members. Andrew also explains the story behind how he found his passion for sprinting and how it feels to be selected for Team GB. If you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you press subscribe or follow wherever you normally listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, all the links will be in the show notes. Andrew Weller, welcome to Transplant's Take on Sport. Hi, Lewis. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. We'll we'll let the listeners uh, have a little look behind the cloth for now uh we've we started recording 25 minutes ago and we've had some technical problems uh, our wi-fi hasn't been going off so hopefully this time it works but uh you're a liver transplant recipient you are uh, a tennis player you play badminton you're a sprinter and we'll come on to that later on but the transplant story the liver transplant it's a bit of a whirlwind when did you first discover there was something wrong with your liver uh, 2014, just feeling a bit unwell, sort of in the round of February time. Um, just just feeling under the weather, a bit flu-like, but just not feeling great, a bit lethargic. Um, then we went on holiday, sort of long weekend, weekend into Iceland and just started sort of being sick or throwing up just before going out for the evening. Just really sort of started to go downhill a bit. Um, came home. Started just feeling a bit worse, but not quite, just not quite right. Um, and then later on, towards the end of March, started going a bit jaundice. Nothing spectacular. Um, but then on the, the 30th of March, a Sunday, I'd gone bright yellow. So my wife, being the most the sensible one, says, we've got to go to A&E. There's something obviously seriously wrong. Me, being typical bloke, sort of, it'll be okay. My son was playing football, so I arranged for somebody to take him to the football, and I said, I'll pick you up after the match. But again, my wife decided, sort of suggested, take an overnight bag, because you never know. Um, that was the 30th of March. I, I was kept in, 
and then had a transplant on the 11th of April. And that's a ridiculously quick process from not even knowing that there's anything wrong to having the transplant, just 12 days. How did you deal with everything happening so quickly? I, I don't think I did um, because I deteriorated so quickly. I didn't have time to process it. Um, my memory of that before the transplant is very vague. I remember going to the local hospital, being admitted at A&E. I remember being transferred to the Royal Free, which is the liver unit, on about the 2nd of April. Um, the last thing I remember, uh, probably two or three days later, is having a biopsy. Um, and then after that, recollect- recollection goes. Do you know what the cause of your liver failure was? They've put it down as autoimmune hepatitis, which obviously, like every other autoimmune autoimmune disease, um, it just decided to attack my liver. Right. I mean, normally the the waiting time for a liver, on average, I had to Google this, is apparently, according to the NHS, 135 days. Yours a lot shorter than that, and your your liver came from a cadaveric donor, someone who unfortunately died but came in to save you. Will you just rush through the assessment process? Yeah, well, I think what they do, because I deteriorated so quickly, um, they put me on the super, they call it the super urgent transplant list. Um, and a lot of, I don't have a lot of memories, but a lot of these are stories I've been told afterwards. Um, they put it down as if I had three days to find a liver, otherwise I'd be too ill to operate. And one of the hardest things I've found out subsequently was my wife had to prepare the kids to say goodbye just in case they didn't find the liver and I didn't pull through. Wow. And I found I found things like that quite hard to process. That is crazy. I, mean, we, I didn't even touch on it. We're going to go back to the hepatitis, hepatitis before we touch on this. Uh, would you be able to explain a bit about what autoimmune hepatitis is? Not really. It's, it's quite it's quite difficult because I think it's a liver disease. But like I said, like any autoimmune disease, it's just attacked my liver. There's various reasons. One could be genetic or one could be um, environmental or virus or whatever. They, they're not sure. None of those apply. But they just they, they've sort of pigeonholed me to having autoimmune autoimmune hepatitis. Right. Sorry, I realised I missed that out. I expanded on more on what it was. We'll go back to your, your transplant now. Did you know, you said it's all a bit of a blur. Did you know that much about what was going on, being worked up for the liver transplant? How did it affect you, I suppose, physically and mentally, being, from what you've been saying, being very ill? I don't remember, I don't remember being told I was having a transplant. I remember being told I didn't have liver cancer after the biopsy, and obviously that probably picked up the autoimmune. And then there's no recollection after that, apart from waking up and being told, I've had a, I've had a liver transplant. This is it's crazy. I can't even imagine going through this. Crazy. I'm presuming this is a no, but was a, a live donor ever discussed? Again, you probably, you probably might not even know. Um, I don't know, but I, I don't think so. I think it... it I deteriorated so quickly that it just wasn't an option. It was it was find something or or lose me. Uh, thankfully, you found something. Do you know? Have you been able to get in touch with the donor family in any way? 
No, I've I've tried, I've I've written, but I've unfortunately I've not heard anything back. Um, all I know is it's a, a forty-seven-year-old, forty-eight-year-old man. Um, we've uh, had a bleed on the bleed on the brain. What a gift to give you! Unfortunate circumstances for for them, of course. It's never nice to hear, but what I get, the timing of it as well. You think there was some sort of I don't know if you believe in fate or anything, but do you think something was just meant to be? I think it must have been. Something was quite right. And one thing they did say subsequently is because I was reasonably fit, wasn't fantastically fit, but that certainly helped with the fights, um, ease the pull through, I think. So were you fairly active before the transplant then? Yeah, we were were playing tennis. I probably started tennis 10 years prior to that. Um, The kids joined the local tennis club and they encouraged the parents to come along. Um, so my wife and I both joined. I hadn't played tennis since I was sort of over the park when I was at school. So just something we picked up and it was quite a good social life and um, just a reasonable club player. No, nothing special, but it was just keeping active. We may as well cover the tennis now then. And good to hear you were enjoying it and keeping active. How close to your transplant were you able to play? I think probably a week before, a couple of weeks before, I just felt lethargic and just under the weather. I wasn't ill as such. I didn't feel ill. Talking to more people who've had transplants, like you're, you're, I know it's liver and I've had a kidney, but this, it's so similar. You just feel lethargic. You don't really know what's going on, if anything's wrong. And then suddenly it all comes crashing down. I think my the only real physical physical sign was the jaundice. It sort of went bright yellow. I remember when we walked into A and E, there was somebody there who said, um, "Look at you, mate. You look the colour of a banana." So it just gives an indication of how yellow I was, but almost overnight. I know they sometimes say that jaundice. People describe it in its extreme form, looking like one of the Simpsons. How close were you to that? I think exactly that. I sort of, but it was almost like I say overnight. It was getting a bit of colour, like you'd been on holiday or whatever, else, but not nothing dramatic. And then all of a sudden, it went bright yellow. There's a lot. There's a lot to take in. I'm, it's a fascinating story, so quick and fair play to you for dealing with it in the way you have and coming to where you are today. It must be a lot to go through at the time. I think I I struggled with that post post-transplant definitely because I had no time to process anything all of my processing was subsequent and I probably I didn't get help and I didn't seek help so I I definitely thought I I could have used the help on that topic do you think speaking to I don't know if you did or not speaking to friends family about it was useful in a way friends and family have been absolutely fantastic my wife and my two children have been absolutely amazing um, like other people have said, you also get a very close knit of, of friends who are real Absolutely. friends. Um, and e- e- even now, when when um, we started in, in lockdown and we were put on our 12-week shielding, one of our friends suggested, oh, let's do a weekly quiz every Wednesday um, just f- to give me something to do in our family because we weren't going anywhere. And we've continued that for a year. We haven't missed a Wednesday. <laughs> How has lockdown been for you in general? Shielding, shielding, I suppose, year in a way. First first bit was was pleasant because the weather was gorgeous. 
if people weren't at work and making the most of it, lockdown two was a bit more difficult. And I think the third one was just the real hard one. So we're all edging to get back to normality. And fortunately, um, I've now had both vaccines, uh, both jabs. So hopefully soon. Have you got any plans for of things to do when you get back out again? Uh, very cautiously. Um, we're not same. We don't want to don't want to fly. Don't want to just just being careful. We, we've been fortunate. We've had friends around in the garden, and and whatever that might be as much as it goes for the time being. Anyway, yeah, I think that's that's wise. My doctor was saying last week. I think just take it steady. Make sure you keep your distance. Wear a mask inside. I think because of everything we've been through as a transplant community. I can remember this being said when the pandemic first came around. We've been through so much already. We've fought so much already. We can get through this as well. So I think we are going to be more cautious and really determined to do this right. Yeah, there's there's no point in taking chances now. We've done the we've done the year of saying in, let's finish it off, do it properly, and make sure we're safe. I've I've got back to cricket again, but which thankfully is quite a socially distanced sport, and I'm making sure I'm keeping full distance sitting sort of at the back of the well sitting area waiting to bat and yeah it's been really good mentally have you been seeing any tennis since yeah tennis opened uh this time on the 29th of march so yeah we're we're, we're both going back playing tennis which is good um likewise it's, it's all outdoors it's distanced enough um you're anti-back in between games and whatever else so yeah it's very safe we jumped about here a lot um while we're on the tennis i was going to ask is it a social sport oh completely we play at the local club um normally it's it's mix and match mixed doubles in-house competitions you can play sort of local local leagues um but very much a social two or three times a week plus events every so often as well so it's incredibly social activity yeah i wasn't sure if tennis would be or not because it's because you can play doubles but mainly sort of an individual sport but if you're part of a club i can see why it would be more social maybe waiting for games or chatting to people off the court yeah there's a a serious element to it with say we all do in in in-house competitions but on a sunday morning you sort of all, all rock up and then just play against each other and yeah it's a nice social event i've said already we dotted about a bit i wanted to go back to the transplant story if you don't mind because i I said right at the start of the episode that it was a whirlwind story and it was also a whirlwind story once you'd left the hospital do you want to tell the listeners a bit about what happened when you were discharged yeah yeah um i think i was must have been in hospital another couple of weeks after the transplant i don't think i was necessarily the best of patients um I think whether it was the, the, the poison in my body or the, the getting the tablets right, I think I reacted quite badly at the time. Um, I've been told I tried to pull my feeding tube out, my catheter out and everything else. So I was there probably another couple of weeks after the transplant. I remember sort of sitting on the edge of the bed, desperate to go home, waiting two hours for the, the meds to arrive and whatever else, and then sort of finally being discharged. Um, got home, was so pleased to be home, sort of was all, all prepared for the evening or whatever else. My wife being 
the, the always the, the the caring one um sort of got the, the digital thermometer put in my ear in my ear every 10 minutes checking for temperature because that was one thing we had to look out for a high temperature um and after probably three hours my temperature started rocketing so she phoned she phoned the ward and said um told him what the, the temperature was and said unfortunately you've got to come back in so at 11 and 12 o'clock at night she drove me back to the hospital and they admitted me after everything you've been through that's scary and I mean, did you know something was wrong did you think something was good what were your thoughts at the time um probably my my philosophy is everything will be all right so it'll they'll give me some they'll give me something get the temperature down and it'll all be fine but unfortunately when i was in first time with the immune being so low i'd contracted legionnaires which ultimately went to pneumonia and they put me back into um, ITU. It's a, a real battle you've had on there. Legionnaire's disease, I had to research it. So for those who aren't aware of it, would you be able to describe a bit about what it is? I think it's a, it's a, a not entirely sure. I've tried to avoid that bit. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's water bound and it's obviously, I think it was minor, but because I was so immune suppressed, it just, took hold and ultimately caused caused the pneumonia. As far as I'm aware, it's not a very common disease to catch. It's as you said, it's a water based disease. It's from a recent I've not got this I've got brief notes in front of me. Very, very brief notes. Uh, I've not got the website up in front of me, but it's caught from water sources, mainly unused water sources. Apparently it's not going to be caught from uh t- taps that are drinking water taps. So I don't want to scare anyone. Um, but things that it could come from are like air conditioning units, humidifiers, spa pools, hot tubs. Do you know where you caught it from? The hospitals are a common place, are a place where you can catch it because of the air conditioning systems. Did, do you think it just came from the hospital? It was in the hospital, yeah. And then how did they treat that once it gone from Legionnaires to pneumonia? Um, I remember going, now I know, was it on CPAP, um, obviously in like a, a chamber with oxygen masks and whatever. From memory, it was something like an hour on and two hours off, or something through the through the day, through the night, and just to to it was more, I say, more than pneumonia. And I think I was on the, in um, intensive care for about another week or so, and then that fortunately they managed to control that and got rid of that. I think that must have been scary for your family as well, seeing you go through that after everything you've been through for the last few weeks before. Yeah, I think it, it was incredibly difficult for for my wife and the kids as well, definitely. And 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 part of it is it's difficult for them to talk about it as well. It certainly was at the time because um, we're the ones with the physical scars, but they're scarred as well. Um, and talking to them, they almost want to process it and move on. But I I needed to talk about it all the time because I miss so much. Um, and that's where I probably could have had a bit of counselling or whatever else. But move, moving on, is of, that's where transplant sport um, definitely has helped. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I don't think I realise how much it affects family and friends because they they obviously worry about what might happen. I was I think I've said this before on the podcast. I was talking this, about this with my dad the other day. Um I hadn't I don't think I'd said much of this before. 
Um, it's about getting deep. Uh, I said that sometimes before my transplant that I'd go to bed and it was close. I'm sort of 9% kidney function, kidney failure. And I think I, my heart was beating in the evening. I think, I hope I wake up in the morning. As That was a, a genuine worry. I don't know if I'm over the top there or not. I was talking to my dad the, the other day about it. And he said, I didn't want to say at the time, but I was too. And at that point, it's sort of, yeah, family are worried. I know my mum worried because she was the donor as well. But yeah, you, you're spot on with that. I think I think we, we're wrapped up in our own, not worries me, but we're suffering. But I think they're suffering even more because they're watching us suffer and they're having to deal with their own lives as well. Yeah. So I think uh, um, they are... They are all to be committed, definitely. Oh, yeah. My family have really helped me through this, just talking. And we've all learned about the condition going through it, as I'm, I'm sure you will have as well. But, it's, yeah, so important to have strong family and friends around you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Let's, let's move on from your transplant now. We'll go into the recovery, get back into the sport again. How did you build your fitness back up again? Um, initially, just walking. I think some, I can't remember who said it, but when, when I left hospital, I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I came home with a walking frame. Um, and the goal was to walk to the lamppost, which is like 10 metres away, and each day built up through walking. I remember when I managed to walk around the block, it was a major event. Um, and it was it was getting myself up, dressed, 
and out walking every day just to build muscle back up from going from nowhere where you couldn't walk, literally learning to walk again. I found just something I had the drive to do it. We've all been given an extra, a special gift. We've been given a second chance. So make the most of it. Don't, don't just ignore it. Absolutely. I mean, is that, is learning to walk again and coming out of the walking frame, is that common in liver transplant recipients? Because I'm reading up on it this week. But I know that I think generally, you, like, you might have to correct me on this. I know from live donors, you can have just part of a liver transplanted. But I think, is it, is it all cadaveric donors? They take your liver out and put a whole new one in? Uh, that's what, yeah, the, mine was a, a whole a whole liver. I don't think the, I think probably the walking again was more the, the pneumonia and the, the secondary infection yeah. rather than the liver transplant. Um, I think that just knocked me back too far. So obviously the, the transplant and the illness had affected your fitness quite a lot to the point we had to learn to walk again. How long did that take? Um, probably... I remember so we we went we went away for a uh, um, holiday into Scotland, sort of three or four months later, and I still wasn't walking properly. We I managed to walk up a hill when it was a major thing, and it was just every every day just pushing yourself further. Um, but one of one of our friends suggested let's let's have a goal, so we all signed up for a ten k run, um, which was the following July uh, to finish in the Olympic Park. So signed up for that. And that was the, the goal, the, the drive to get the fitness back. I'd never, I'd never done a 10K before, um, but it was just something I needed to do. I've got something written down about the 10K. Um, we may as well do it now. So you ran 10K on the Olympic Park. Was this the one that we were raising money for transport sport? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was the one. So my wife said, if you're doing it, let's, let's raise money. Let's give something back. Um, Transplant Sport were there to promote organ donation. So I did that and I contacted obviously work friends and lots of people were really generous in, in their donations. So yeah, if, I, if I'm putting myself through this, let's see if I can give something back when I do it. And you sure did. I'll let you do it. How, how much did you raise? I think it was just over £2,700. Incredible stuff. I mean, we're going to talk about sprinting later, but... Just to compare to this, how does the long distance compare to sprinting? I find it incredibly difficult. Um, I'm I'm not a long distance runner by any stretch of the imagination. I found it I found it hard work, but the the amazing thing with that is um, because it was finishing in the in the Olympic Park and running on the track on Super Saturday. But before you got there, this is sort of. I'm not an emotional per- I never was an emotional person, but finishing that or just before the finish really got to me because just before you went on the track, you went through the concourse underneath and they were playing the chariots of fire. And I remember looking looking up to the sky, arms in the air and thinking, just completely breaking down and sort of thinking how lucky I am to be there. A special feeling. To finish that must have been amazing after from coming from walking all the way to that. Do you think that just boosted your fitness, ready to get back into any other sports that you were doing and back into your tennis again? Yeah, d- definitely. I, we did we did another one sort of about a month after, and I think that that was it. But the tennis, I probably didn't start again for another year. Um, I'm not 
so I'm not sure if you're aware, Lois, but the, the the scar for the liver transplant is quite a big scar. Yeah. Um, it goes, mine, mine, my, I think most of them are similar, but it's like the shape of a Mercedes sign. So the cuts from the chest down to the belly button and from the belly button right the way around to your right-hand side and then half the way on your left. So I think I was always very wary of that playing tennis because a lot of strain um, on your on your abdomen. Yeah, I, I can see that. And is that mainly through the the twisting on the shots? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I was incredibly wary, probably too long, but I was just, I had this panic of, of it tearing. Yeah, I think, again, I think that's perfectly understandable. And I think you're quite right to take it at your own rate. It's a, a major operation to go through. And you, I suppose if you don't want to risk the cigar, you've got back to it now. But I mean, that sounds huge compared to mine. Yeah, I think I think counted forty eight staples. I think they put. So that's a lot. <laughs> that is a heck of a lot of st- staples. We'll we'll come on to your sprinting now. This is something. That, did you start that before you got back into tennis? Try to paint a picture. Of no, I, I, no. Went back to went back to tennis. Um, probably two thousand and sixteen. I uh, I think. But how I got into the sprinting was for my 50th, my wife um, arranged for, that we did something for each month of the year. Right. The July, being, July being my birthday coincided, all planned by her, coincided with the transplant, British Transplant Games in Liverpool. So um, we, we went up there for the weekend, um, got on the, the local tube with another couple, the next station along, ten other friends of ours got on the got on the tube. Where are you going? Oh, we're going to Liverpool for the weekend. Oh, that's funny. So she'd obviously arranged that everybody comes with us. <laughs> so we had a weekend in Liverpool, and then on the Sunday went to the transplant games, which probably changed my whole outlook on life completely. I was blown away with sort of hundreds of athletes there two and three-year-old kids running 10 metres, parents pushing their children in wheelchairs along the track. It was just absolutely fantastic. And I knew then I had to be part of that. A power of sport coming through. Absolutely. Did you feel that atmosphere and the family feel of it straight away? It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And I think that the best thing is you could go up literally to total strangers and start talking to them and they knew what you were doing, why you were there, and and it was just the community. And people have said about it before, the community, the family, that you felt part of it, and they were so welcoming. It does seem like it's, I've only experienced a bit of it online. I've not been to the games yet because they've been cancelled since my transplant, but it does seem like an amazing community and event to be at, and everyone seems so welcoming and as I've said there, family feel. I, I think what you've done, I I think it's really cool because you said 50 to take up sprinting. It's an age where people might be slowing down and you've gone, I'm sprinting 100 metres, 200 metres. What sort of times are you doing it in? Um, 
I remember my, my goal is when I was at school, I did 13.5 for the 100. I've, um, I started it because when, when I went to the games, I was looking at what can I do? What can I take part in? And I, I, I say I, I sprinted at school a little bit, but nothing serious. I, I can do that. And obviously, and long jump. But when I came home, I checked people's times. Um, I thought, I'm not going to embarrass myself. I'll go for that. So I went and I went and did that. So started at I think fourteen point eight seconds, and my PB at the um, at the World Games was thirteen eighty four. Really impressive. That's quick for a for a fifty year old bloke. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're obviously good at it because you won gold at the Transplant Games. What does your training involve for it now that you're at that level? Training. I go. I joined the. Um, I did the. I did the first one. Just turned up and 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 took part. I had no expectations whatsoever. Um, I I'd done the tennis on the the Friday. Um, was bitterly disappointed. I've never been. I've always been a bit competitive, but didn't realise how competitive. Um, the tennis. I was absolutely abysmal and left there really disappointed. And I thought, come the Sunday with the, the 100 metres, I'm going for it. No matter what, I'm going for it. And fortunately managed to win that. Um, and that's the sort of, sort of second time I've been so emotional. I, I've, my daughter couldn't couldn't make it. So I phoned her. Um, I just broke down telling her that I'd actually won a medal. And like other people said, your first medal is so special. We've got that displayed in your house now. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, it's all it's all upstairs. I sort of I've got all my all my medals hanging up and whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so I um I came back and um I joined Basildon Athletics Club. I emailed them, told them the situation. I got a, a, a lovely sort of email coming back. It says, "Come and have a look at us to see if we're what you want." Um, obviously, nice. one of the oldest. Uh, members there and just absolutely love it so sort of train once a week talk twice occasionally when i can um yeah and just mixing with everybody else are you fully hooked on sprinting now then i love it i love it and it's given me the opportunity to sort of, um i've raced uh, at the at the transplant games i've raced raced at the uh, alexandra stadium in birmingham gateshead like i think i think simon said be- before and um, I've done Lee Valley. I've done indoors. I've, I would never have done any of this um, without the transplant. That is, is so good to hear because people trying new things. I think the transplant games is is great for that. The, one of the meetings, team meetings that I've been to, if you pick four, I think it's four sports now. Pick one you might win a medal at, or a couple you might win a medal at. Just have a go at a few. Yeah, and I've just done it. I, um, because I can sprint, I'll do a bit of long jump. I'm not a very good, but yeah, it's just p- being part of it and just, you're there, you might as well do something. So your events, 100 metres, 200 metres, long jump and tennis at the Transmite Games? Yeah, yeah. And also, you see a lot of sprinters going into long jump as, I suppose, it's a natural extra event? Yeah, it's 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 easy, isn't it? It's, instead of finishing, you just jump in the air. <laughs> what, what distances are you getting on that? Um, just over four meters, four fifteen, I think, is my best. I'll take that. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> it could be. It could be a lot better with training. But I train more in the the one hundred and the two hundred. But um, yeah. Have you got target times for the future in those? Um, 
my PB for the 200 was at the World Games, um, which was 28.8 seconds, for the, as I say, for the 200. And that was probably the most disappointed I've ever been in my life. Um, I know when I got selected, I was so happy to be there, um, just to be part of it and the whole experience of the, of the World World Games and being part of Team GB was amazing. But with the 200 metres, I came fourth um, and I lost by 0.1 of a second. Oh. And I didn't expect to get anything like that. I was just happy to take part. But being so close, I, yeah. was, devast- I was devastated. That close. That's so close to a medal as well. Yeah. You've got selected for Team GB. Do you get a, a call, a letter, an email? What's it like to receive that? Yeah, you um, you part of the um, British Games is a trial for the following year's World Games. Um, unfortunately, I won sort of the gold and silver. Um, sorry, the the, the the gold in the one hundred and the two hundred the year before. So then, yeah, you get a selection letter come through, and then sort of, uh, um, do you want to take part? And then. For us, there was like training week at three or four training weekends at Warwick, which everybody took part in. So, yeah, it was just a bit bringing, especially for the newbies, bringing everybody together and and take and being part of it. Another team. Is there an easier yes post transplant than would you like to represent Team GB at the World Games? Um, I think the 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 only the only problem is is where it's going to be and the the cost involved because. Uh, the next one's in Perth uh, in twenty twenty three, so that takes a bit more organising because it's all self funded, right? So yeah, that could be an expensive one then going all the way to Perth. And yeah, yeah, your first one was Newcastle. Newcastle. <laughs> Did it feel even more special to compete in a home games? I think that the, the people the people in Newcastle were fantastic. We um, the opening ceremony, you, we marched through the streets and there were people like, it seemed like 10 deep through the city centre, welcoming every team through. It was just an absolutely fantastic feeling, just being part of something that big. I've seen how big the uh, football team is in Newcastle. The St James's Park right in the city centre. Did you get a feel of that walking through, that everyone's come out of this big sporting, sporting city? Everyone's there to support. Yeah, and and there's countries from all over the world. There's there's, there's China, there's Hong Kong, there's Australia, America. And literally everybody and everybody is getting the same support. Have you got plans to go to more games like Perth and beyond that? I'd love to if I was selected. Yeah, as long as as long as I can carry on. Um, <laughs> it's obviously training gets a bit harder the older you get. So yeah, yeah. No, I I, I was gutted. Um, Coventry was off, and then obviously Leeds is off as well. So, and then fortunately they've moved it. So, looking forward to that. Fingers crossed for next summer. I, ho- I don't want to jinx anything, but hopefully it, it will go ahead this time, and hopefully, hopefully see you there. Definitely. I mean, we've covered a lot there in the, the sporting side, and a lot of moments in there. What would you say your sporting highlights? The 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 two highlights are the first one finishing the 10k in the olympic stadium the actual raw emotion behind the scenes in, in my own little space in the in the concourse with the, with the music playing and just sort of thank being thankful for being here 
I think that was the, that was probably the, the main highlight. And then the second one was my first medal in in North Lanarkshire, winning the hundred meters. Not expecting anything, but the, the the first one is is something to be cherished. Yeah, that, the ten k. Going back to that, was that some sort of you said feeling thankful? Was that some sort of moment of realization that I've had this transplant? Life's moving on. I can do things again. Yeah. Oh, completely. That completely. So. I've, I've got another chance and I'm going to make the most of every opportunity. I think that's the right attitude to have going forward with it all. For for anyone having a transplant in the future or who's had one, look forward. There's so many, in a sporting context, there's so many sporting opportunities that I've heard of since my transplant, which was only a couple of years ago now. There's football, World Cups, volleyball tournaments, uh, cricket team, World Transplant Games, everything going on so many teams to be involved in and it, it is a real family feel and there's always people to talk to i've said this about the cricket team almost every week that's my sort of my only my only real knowledge of this this world but everyone knows what you've been through and is it similar in your transplant games team you can just talk to anyone about anything transplant related or anything not transplant related as well yeah as, as i said earlier once I, I suffered, obviously I did suffer emotionally and trying to process everything. Um, but as soon as I joined the Royal Free team, it was, I don't know if people said it before, it was like a family. You could literally open up to anybody on WhatsApp and whatever, pour your heart out and nobody's going to judge. Somebody's been there. Somebody's answered that question. Um, and subsequent people have joined the team they're asking the same questions you asked at the time and you thought was stupid but everybody's processing the whole thing and they are they are sort of like lifelong friends that you might only see once to twice a year but that you know they're there and they're not going to judge and on that topic as a final question that i ask to everyone who comes on what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone facing a transplant Slightly different because obviously I had mine afterwards, so uh, I didn't know I was going to have the transplant. So yeah. my advi- my advice is no regrets. Don't regret what you haven't done. If you've got, we've been given a gift, um, we've give, been given a second opportunity. So, so just grab it. If you want to do something and it's safe to do, so just go and do it. I think you're spot on there as well, Andrew. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today been a pleasure to talk to you and learn more about liver transplants which is an area that i'm a complete novice in so thank you for enlightening me and teaching me more about that listeners thank you for listening as well uh if you're enjoying the podcast please make sure you tell your friends your family your dog anyone bring them all into this this podcast get them all to listen we really do appreciate everyone who tunes in each week and downloads the podcast if you're listening on apple podcasts uh then it would mean a huge amount to me if you could rate that five stars on the show page. Search Transplant Take On Sport and scroll down to the bottom. There should be some stars. Click the fifth one to give it five stars. And if you'd like to leave a review with that as well, all five-star reviews I'll read out at the end of the podcast. Uh, I'll promote the social media. I've not done that today. You can follow Transplant Take On Sport on Facebook at Transplant Take On Sport Pod, Instagram at Transplant Take On Sport Pod, and Twitter at TTOS Pod. And if you go over to those ones and also my Instagram at Lewis underscore Daniels 25, 
Now I mentioned on the last episode that I'd been I'd won a competition. I've been sent a kidney shield by Hero Key Protection. Um, my I'll be doing put some pictures and hopefully review on my either my Instagram or the Transplant Take on Sport Instagram. Uh, so go and follow over there if you'd like to see that. I think the World Transplant Games might still have a discount code for you on those if you do want them. Uh, but if you check out at Hero Key Protection on Instagram, that's Hero K I. You should be able to find out more. Hello, Lewis from the future here. This episode was actually recorded before the previous one with Ruben, and I now have a discount code for the Hero Key Kidney Shield. So if you go to HeroKey.co and use the code ThanksLewis050521 at the checkout, you'll receive $20 off the Hero Key Kidney Shield. Or if you click the link in the show notes, uh, that'll take you straight to the website and automatically apply the discount code for you. Thank you to Hero Key for giving me this discount code to share with you all. My review of the Kidney Shield will be available on the Hero Key Protection Instagram page very soon, so please keep your eye out for that, at Hero KI Protection. If you'd like to get in touch, I know Andrew, you got in touch with me by, via the email that I've, I've mentioned at the end of one of the podcasts. If you'd like to share your story and come on the podcast like Andrew has, you can do. You can get in touch on any of the social medias. I'll read as many messages as I can, and I will get back to you. Or you can email transplantstakeonsport at gmail.com. And let me know your story, let me know your sports, and we can try and get you on. Thank you once again to my guest today, Andrew Weller. I've been Lewis Daniels, and you've been listening to Transplants Take on Sport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.